Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man podcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. And I approve of this message. I'm a <laughs> presidential candidate. <laughs> Bob Dole. If you if you were any president, mm. which one do you think you were? You're saying who's my Mount President more, aka Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. <laughs> who um, who okay. do you think you're most like presidential wise? Mm. Well. Size-wise, I'm getting up to Taft. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he was a big boy. He got stuck in the bathtub. Oh, no. <laughs> He's famous for being the president who got stuck in a bathtub. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say Millard Fillmore. Why? Because no one remembers Millard Fillmore. I think, right, a couple of things that I know about you. Mm. A, you really like McDonald's. Oh, just like Lincoln, yeah. B, you have your own range of hotels and failed business options. Okay. Failed businesses. I think you're Trump. Oh, okay, right. I didn't know where you were going with I that. I was like, which thing. president famously loves McDonald's? Do you not remember when he had that meeting where um, he invited, like, I think it was like a basketball team or something, and, mm. and they walked in and he just had like a table Yeah, but full it was the Big Ronald Macs. McDonald All-Stars. <laughs> Grimace like, was point guard. <laughs> imagine, imagine Space Jam, but it's McDonald's and its characters. That's my pitch for Space Jam too. What do you think, Kobe? Not Kobe. Um, oh man, oh, LeBron James. LeBron James is doing it, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Kobe should have done it, right? Yeah, there should have been like one in between. It felt like it was. Well, there should have been like two, Shaq should have done one because Shaq been... is basically a cartoon character. There should have been one like every couple of years, another Space Jam with another, or mm-hmm. a Soccer Jam. Soccer Jam. And it's David Beckham mm-hmm. and the Looney Tunes. Okay. The acting But we was... already had Goal, and yes, that felt like it was Space Jam. There was no Bugs Bunny in Goal. That's the problem. Yeah, I guess so. Like, everyone would have seen Goal if Bugs Bunny was in it. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about, guys. Yeah, you know would what? Would Goal have been better with yeah. a Bugs Bunny? <laughs> would, would Goal have been better if Bugs Bunny and David Beckham had teamed up to defeat space aliens? But it was the Bugs Bunny when he dresses up as the female bunny. <laughs> but hang on. Not Lola Bunny. Don't get confused. So it's not no. his girlfriend. Nope. It's him dressed up as a female. Yes. For what reason? I don't know. I remember the line from Wayne's World. <laughs> What do, you, do you not remember when they're on the car and he goes, um, hey Wayne, do you ever, do you ever find um, Bugs Bunny attractive when he drops up as a female bunny? And know. it was it was an improvised line. Okay. Yeah. And it was improvised on this podcast as well. But it wasn't, that? I just remembered a line. Yeah, that's improvisation, isn't it? Remember a thing, and then you do it. That's kind of the... Welcome to the bloody podcast though, guys. No. Welcome to no. Welcome don't like to that. It. Don't it's, like that too much. Bloody way. <laughs> um, we're the only podcast we're taking out applications there. for co-hosts. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. We're the only podcast out there doing movie news and movie reviews. Why? Why do we lie at every opportunity? <laughs> if I've not heard any of us, then uh-huh. they can't exist. But you've listened to others. Shh. Don't tell them. Don't tear down me with your with <laughs> don't your break lies. The wall. 
Okay. Um, um, what we got today, Andy? <laughs> we've got some movie news. Yeah. Um, got a bit of movie reviews as well. Uh-huh. What are we reviewing today? Uh, we'll be looking at Extraction. Okay. And also <laughs> Fantasy Island. Yeah, in a kind of... that's uh, That technically classes as I don't want your future now, right? Yes, technically, yeah. So we'll yeah. do a couple of bits one of One new, one old, and one 2002, 2003? Yeah. For your studio... Uh, oh, yeah, we've also got... Um, Giddy for Ghibli segment. Giddy for Ghibli. Um, well, obviously, before we even one. get to the okay, reviews, yeah. we talk about movie news. Before mm. we even get to movie news, yeah. first we must talk a little bit of gaming news. Hey, well, there actually was gaming news this week. Um, there was some information about a new games console that came out this week. Mm-hmm. A very hotly anticipated one. Is it the Dreamcast 2? The Nintendo 65. <laughs> 65 bits. Yeah. How much is a bit, anyway? Mario's nose, is that a bit? I think it's a bit when you think about it. Okay, so it's going to be slightly... Let's not talk about Mario's bits. It's going to be, it's going to be slightly more detailed. Yeah. Mario 64. <laughs> That's it. It's and Wave game. Race 64. Diddy Kong Racing. No, they didn't have the word 64 in it. Did not. It has to have the word 64 <laughs> in it to qualify. Because then they just repackage it and then... Five on the end. <laughs> they put it in a rocket ship. I don't know. The also, first bit sounded like it was. Also, uh, your, your your reasoning seems to be it needs to have sixty four on the end so they can scribble it out and put sixty five. Yeah, like but, oops, we made a mistakey. Theoretically, any game you could just write the words the number sixty five at the end, and no. it's it's. No. It's the same thing. No. <laughs> yes. No. Because it's got to be. It's got to be sixty-four, and then be like, "Oops, we made a mistake." Fine. Write sixty-four, squiggle it out, and then write sixty-five, and no. be like, "We made a mistake." No, it has to be printed sixty-four. <laughs> You're so dumb. Sometimes you don't get why they make these games. That. Wow. <laughs> so you buying one, yeah? <laughs> Of course, send it out to space. Send it out in space. We're sending it to the ISS first to make sure it works in zero G. (laughs) And they have to send it back. And if it survives re-entry, then you get to play on it. No, I'm not buying it. No. Retail $432. (laughs) But you get included a Mario 65 plush toy. Okay. Unfortunately, it is Toad. Oh, no. Everyone's least favourite. People prefer Toadette over Toad. Mount Toadmore. Toadette. Mr. <laughs> X-Men. Toadette. Um, my car got Toad. Okay, so Mater yeah. from unlucky, Cars. Yeah, un- unlucky Toad, the actual character. Mrs. Toad gets in there. <laughs> Mr. Toad from The Wind in the Willows. And, of course... Whatever the other two toads were. <laughs> X-Men's Toad and Larry the Cable Guy. Um, I completed Yakuza this week. Oh, yeah. That okay, happened. you did some gaming. Finished that. Mm-hmm. Horny it's game. really good. Yeah. Like, the the end is like a massive cutscene. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit through that until the early hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, Don't play it late at night. That's no, the that, I learned that. Uh-huh. 
Especially in time to play it because you're so fucking horny. Because it is, it. yeah. You don't want to be horny in the middle of a day. No way, mate. Um, but yeah, finished it. It's really good. And I, I was like, okay, I'll finish that. That's really uh-huh. good. Um, like I've still got side missions and stuff to do, but I was like, it's really good. I can take yeah. a relax from that. It's a lot of game that. Uh-huh. So maybe I'll go on to think. Genuinely, the day after I finished it, I got a message on my phone from Xbox saying, "We've we've now put the next ver- the next episode of Yakuza on Game Pass." And I'm like. You just want me to play it. And then it says, we had to report you to the authorities for playing such a horny game. <laughs> they report me to the horny police. Ah, uh, well, you're probably going to be chief of police so I might, the horny police. I might play that next. Okay. Um, Maybe you'll twitch it. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I twitch the horniest here's, people all the time? Here's the thing, guys. Twitch. This, is, this is why the podcast works. Andy loves Yakuza. Thinks it's the <laughs> game of the year. I've seen Yakuza enough to know that that game is not for me. <laughs> There's only so many times I can punch delinquents in the face. <laughs> Not enough times for me. I mean, look, I like you the know. The business mini game is great, guys, and that's what everyone needs to remember. But there was a bit where it was just you just throw cash at a problem <laughs> until it stops being a problem. <laughs> that's how I wish I could deal with all of my life. Well, that's essentially if you have that much money, then you can. Unfortunately, so you're I in a position where you're not a yakuza boss or whatever. Um. Okay, so that's gaming news. Yes, should we move on to movie news? Oh, Ninja said that Fortnite is shit now. <laughs> I don't know. Because they've got miniguns and snipers. Who cares what Tyler Ninja Blevins thinks? Wow. He's you actually just Yakuza. destroyed the basis of our entire podcast. He's not a Yakuza fan. Yeah, but neither am I. <laughs> I guess who cares what I think either. Yeah. Okay, movie news. Let's do it. Okay, so trailers this week. One trailer round up on the podcast, on the podcast, on the podcast. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. We watched some trailers, and this is them. No trailers this week, guys. (laughs) Just wanted to do the song. (laughs) Thought we needed some energy. As you were singing it, I was like, I don't remember seeing anything. Very tired this week. Very, very tired. You're a little bit bit under the weather. Hay fever, we think. I think it's corona. Okay, we can but wish. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Yeah, there were no trailers this week. Sorry, guys. Well, there were trailers, but we just didn't watch or report on them. Anyway, I just wanted to do the song. I like the song. Oh, well done. Okay. It's so funny. Thank you. Hey, man. So, did you know that Scary Stories 2000 Dark 2 is in production? I did know this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you sent it in the group. And I was you... surprised by this because I didn't think it had done that well. But it must have done one well enough, apparently. I think it did okay. It it didn't it didn't run away with the box office, but I think it did well enough and was well received enough yeah. that I think they've they've clearly thought, well, this is something we could potentially make one more of. Well, I I don't think it's got legs beyond a second. The interesting thing is, I remember at the time we watched it and went, okay, we enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and people should go out and support it because it doesn't seem to be like anybody talking about it. Yeah. Um, but it must have made enough money to be able to get a second one. I still think it's a good... I know. I think the important thing is that because it was relatively inexpensive to make, that's probably the thing that it's got most in its favour, mm. in that you can you can knock out a scary stories for, I don't know, 40 million, and if it makes 100, then you're already looking at, like, oh, okay, so this is a viable thing. The problem is, if you make another one, you may make it for 50 or 60 million, yeah. and then it has to do more, and you think... Maybe the best way to do it is just go, well, we'll test the water with a second. If it does well enough, maybe just leave it there. Like, I don't think it's something that's crying out to be made into a franchise. 
Um, I understand why they would try it. And I would say... like material there. Yeah, and this is the thing, is that horror anthology things like that, I always feel like they work so much better on the TV um, because you can do episode-by-episode stuff Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, what is it, three or four different segments in that, that basically. And it's a film that was slightly messy at times, but got the job done in terms of being a PG-13 horror. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's a good example of it to a point. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I still think it's worth checking out. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. So if you you haven't seen it and you've got Amazon Prime, then it is available for free on there at the moment Mm -hmm. as part of your subscription. Oh, oh, oh. What the audience can't see is a little wince going on there. I imagine you Dunno. thought you were going to sneeze, what happened. and instead you combusted inside by the looks of things. I don't know what that was. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's a sign of the quality of this podcast? Um, hey, so the Lego movies uh, are now being made over at Universal rather than Warner Brothers. This is actually kind of important. Um, so... The Lego movies has been four made so far, mm. and obviously the first one was such a breakout hit, and no one really expected it to be as good. It had no right to be as good as it was. Yeah, and uh, we loved it. It was our film of the year in twenty fifteen. It was. Um, we then saw Lego Batman uh, shortly afterwards, which was well received, and people claimed yes. it to be like the one of the best, if not the best, Batman movie of all time. Which. You know, we'll have that conversation. Come on, guys. BVS still exists. Well, I was thinking Batman and Robin. So good. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, other than that, Lego Ninjago movie didn't do well financially. And then the movie that really didn't do well financially compared to what the budget was and what the expectation was, was Lego Movie 2, which came out last February. Now, what's it... I think Lego Movie 2, we identified as basically being a, 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 an example of terrible marketing. Also, the movie was not great. No. But the marketing almost seemed like it was non-existent for that film. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it definitely felt like it had crept up on us to the point where we, we didn't even realise it came out, like, the next month. Um, so that movie just didn't do well financially to the point where people were saying, oh, this is going to be, like, a franchise ending mm-hmm. Um problem here um so the rights came up for lego as a intellectual property and universal went after them and have signed an exclusive five-year deal now this is a smart move potentially because there is the there is the opportunity for big box office there if you look at some of universal's actual properties so for example if you tie in the fact that you can do a jurassic world lego movie a Fast and the Furious Lego movie. Yeah, I guess. You know, there's there's stupider ideas out there than that. Not many, but there's... Also, <laughs> so, with Universal Despicable having... Me, Minions. Like, there are mm-hmm. things that you can do with your inter- intellectual properties as Universal, you know. Um, the main one you're forgetting... Invisible Man, yeah. Is, yeah, with the first look right... First look deal they have with Blumhouse. Yeah, you could do... Lego horror movies. Uh-huh. Um, it's what we've all been waiting for. So there's probably the potential to make another billion dollar Lego movie. It's just a case of marketing it right. What property do you team it up with? Do you get the marketing right? And maybe Warner Brothers were just like, well, 
what's the point in retaining the rights on something that is a case of diminishing returns mm. at the moment? But if you put it, you know, if you make a Jurassic World Lego movie... And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did. You bring Chris Pratt back again for another Lego movie. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I think that's probably a license to print money for them. But the money's all on the old smooth yeah, blocks. Yeah, yeah smooth you... blocks with a little indent on the other side. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing about the money is that it wasn't a smooth block on both sides. It was no. smooth block on one side and then little... So you like, click it on the top and then all of a sudden it gets stuck on the brick and you're like, oh no, uh-huh. never yeah. getting that back off again. Yeah, and you have to get a, a, a flathead Teeth. screwdriver out and you have to <laughs> jimmy it out. Anyway, moving on. Other stuff happened this week and we're going to find out what it is when my phone opens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Venom 2, yeah, okay. Okay, so Venom 2. Has yeah. a new title. And you know what? It's got a new bloody release date as well. Oh my God. March next year? Something like that. Yeah, I feel like it's March. So this was one where you previously stated that you didn't think it was this year that it was coming out. I had no idea. And I told you, no, it's definitely October this year. Um, And you were like, no, 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 I don't think so. I think it's next year. Turns out it was this year, but now it's next year. So So I was right all along. Um, And has got uh, an undertitle. Yeah, it's called, what, is it Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage or just Venom Let There Be Carnage? Venom. Let There Be Carnage, I think. Which is a... Vis- I was going to say stupid and ridiculous at times, but I was going to say the stupidest title. Wow. It's so stupid it made me stupid. Uh-huh. Because as I do, it sounds like the mm. tagline of a film, not a title. Yeah. Like, it's like when Die Hard 2 Die Harder uh-huh. came out. Like, yeah. Die Harder is a tagline. Yeah. It's not a title. No. Because the title... Live Free and Die Hard. Mm. Or Die Hard. I don't know. Yeah. Or just Die Hard. Uh, yes, that please. Just Die Hard, please. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take one of your uh, Die Hards, please, sir. Yeah, I'll take Die Hard rather than... Maybe is that the Kevin Smith Die Hard? <laughs> or is that Kev- number four? A 4. good day to Die Hard? Oh, that's five, I think. Die Hard 4.0? Yeah. What's that? Is it not just Die Hard 4.0? A good day to Die Hard. That was the fifth one? No, live fifth one is live free and die hard, isn't it? Well, then a good day to die hard is four point tagline, either tagline or again a a continuing <laughs> oh die title. hard. Maybe I'll one day look into the die hard. Okay, so what we're establishing now is that, is that Venom is the, the new die hard. In that the first one, critically acclaimed, also a Christmas <laughs> movie. Um, <laughs> second one isn't going to be as good. Third one going to be the best of the sequels. Yeah. Um, fourth one's going to have Kevin Justin Smith Long. and Justin Long in it. And um, fifth one, Timothy Oliphant, or is that four? That's four. Okay. The fifth one has too many people. Um, Ed Scrine. No, it's the guy plays Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney as his son. Ah. I've never mm. seen the fifth Die Hard. I've never. I've I've never wanted to see the fifth I Die Hard. Five minutes of it and yeah. turned it off. Because I just um, kind of went, at that time, nah, this isn't what I want what, <laughs> in my life right now. I remember seeing the fourth one. Fourth one's bad. Fourth, fourth one? The thing is, no! No. You went up as if you were going to say, fourth one's not bad. Fourth one isn't as bad as you remember, but is not a die-hard movie. Isn't as bad as I remember. It's not a die-hard movie. Is it worse than I remember? Probably. Well, the thing is... That's the one with the... The, the film the kind thing of, going through the helicopter. Yeah, the film kind of works if it isn't a Die Hard film. Okay, but the, but the problem, problem is, is is they've made it a Die Hard. Is film. it even called Live Free or Die Hard or whatever it's called? And he's called Mr. Die Hard. Die Hard. I don't know. 
Anyway, uh, Venom, <laughs> Let There Be Carnage. This is almost as good as my title, which I had for Venom 3, which was called Venom 3, Been Craven a New Enemy. <laughs> or <laughs> Venom 4. I, I'm on... I've been hobgobbling up all this food and now I've got more bloody villains. Mine was Venom, Venom mm-hmm. 2. Hey, I hope you like electro music. Okay, yeah. Um, of course. <laughs> of course, we're all excited about this and it's going to be great. And Woody Harrelson's going to wear a wig and everything is <laughs> going to be fine. Maybe he'll shave his head at the beginning of it. and then It'd be a good idea. Well, if it was up to me, he wouldn't wear the bloody mask until the very end. <laughs> this is their chance to get crave, uh, to get Carnage right. Yeah. The Carnage like, origin story you always wanted. Look, the problem is with superhero movies is that people just want them to be, you know, in their costumes doing stuff. But actually, that's the most boring thing they could do. Because it's like, I know how good these characters are at the things they do. Yeah. I want to know how bad they are at the stuff that they can't. Show in the comments. Sort of the every, everyday Spider Man. Does he wash up? <laughs> As Alicia Dixon once asked. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no one's made a Boy Does Nothing reference on a podcast I, for a long time. I think there's reasons for that. Uh, what else has happened? Hey, man, some good casting news came out this yes. week, though. Um, so last year we reported that Olivia Wilde's new film was going to be this psychological thriller thing set in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's called Don't Worry Darling. Three names got added to the cast this week, which are just... I think this is good casting. It's great casting. I, I mean, I don't even know who they're playing. I don't know what the <laughs> characters are. I don't care. Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, and Chris, Pry- uh, Chris Pine have all joined up to, to star. Um, I like them all. So this is good. Um and is being written by the uh, one of the screenwriters for Booksmart as well. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think, this is good. Um, Olivia Wilde starring in it as well as okay. directing and producing as well. Um, yeah, really, twenty twenty one, I believe. I really like Florence Pugh. Yeah, I really like uh, Shia LaBeouf. His later output has been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was in my favorite film of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Pine is just one of those actors that I kind of enjoyed just watching on screen he's a dependable handsome man yeah i find i find him i don't ever find him bad yeah i always find him serviceable to good Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think they're really good uh tell me about godzilla bc did you actually want to know that (laughs) well i know like i know who michael doherty is and so yeah the director of godzilla king of monsters Mm -hmm. who did you say it was michael Michael doherty um he did a quarantine tweet along you've seen a lot of directors do this at the moment like James Gunn did one for Guardians mm-hmm. um, where they put their film on and they kind of just give a bit of behind the scenes kind of knowledge about them and he talked about how one of the things that he would love to do is to do a Godzilla because all the creatures in that film are supposedly been around for thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. is do a Godzilla BC film where you look at these how these monsters and early forms of man cohabited and basically the, the film King of Monsters hints at the fact that these titans rule the earth. And there has been a Godzilla BC series maybe, maybe. in Japan. Maybe. I'm sure I'd saw something about it. Quite possibly but basically it's because that film that he created Was it a heavily series? implies that um, 
Godzilla and these Titans all kind of lived and they ruled the world and they were the owners of the world. And mm. what he's saying is basically he wanted he and he still wants to create something that goes, okay, let's have a look at what that environment was like. Yeah. Um, it'd be very interesting because I would wonder how you get a an eye on that. Like, do you do you do it as a Godzilla focused film? As in like you follow him, but do you have people in it still? I think make like a documentary series, like Walking with Dinosaurs. Well, that's the thing. Like, how do you actually how do you actually portray it mm. if you're going back so far that you're probably going back before realistically the birth of man? Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting idea, but I have think him speak. <laughs> but I think it's one of those where I think it's it's make it int- like dinosaurs. It's an interesting concept, but I don't know whether in actuality would it really work. I'm the Godzilla. Gotta love me. <laughs> That would be good, I think. Do you not think? Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else? Uh, no, I don't think. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Shall we start with the the segment that I know everyone's been waiting for? Always requested, never denied. So, guys, I Is hope it? you all did your homework this week. Uh huh. Um, and I put the hashtag out on Twitter again. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys, it's time for Giddy for Ghibli. Mm. The segment that everybody loves, where I give the correct ratings of all of the Studio Ghibli films, <laughs> um, <laughs> one by one as I watch them. Yeah. And this week's watch wrong was Howl's Moving Castle. This was at your request as well. Yeah, it was because I had heard good things about it. Like, at least I'd heard. I think it's basically because it's one of the ones I'd actually heard of before we start this segment. Yeah, it's like one of the three or four that you know. Yeah, so like stuff like Ponyo, I didn't. And, yeah, uh, Kiki's sure. delivery service. I hadn't ever heard of before, but, but like Spirited Away and House Moving Castle. Exactly, they're the ones yeah. that I had. So I was like, oh, let me watch the ones that I've actually heard of because there mm-hmm. must be a reason why. Yeah. So House Moving Castle is basically about a young girl who she owns a hat shop or she works in a hat shop or something, um, and one day some witch comes in and puts a curse on her and makes her an old lady. Mm. And fridges, I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I don't know. I did, and to be honest. The film ended. I still don't know why she did it. Like, I've got an idea why. Because that's what happens in the book, I think. But, like... I don't know. She comes in, like... So she meets this guy, Howl, on the street at one point. And in the next moment, this witch bursts into a hat shop. And she's like, hey, guess what? You've got a curse on you. And she's like, what? And I'm like, hey, why did she pick on her? Yeah. But it makes it to an old lady. Yeah. And then, basically, she kind of goes, oh, I can't stay at home. Now I look like this. It's a... It's a curse she's not allowed to tell anybody about. Mm-hmm. Or she's not allowed to tell Howl about who is this big wizard guy. Yes. Um, voiced by Christian Bale in this. Yes. Um, and she goes off into the kind of the wilderness where only wizards and witches live um, and comes across a moving castle, which is owned by Howl. And she basically becomes the cleaner of it. Um, and they live out this life where there's a war going on in the background that witches and wizards are supposed to be a part of. Um, and she needs to try and get this curse lifted off her, but actually is life more therapeutic the way she is now? Is she actually realising mm. that there is an inner beauty to herself um, and she was beautiful all along? Because there's a lot of things about whether she thinks she's beautiful or not in this. Um, yeah, well, you know, Japan's got issues with <laughs> appearance. But uh, once again, looks beautiful, mm-hmm. like stunning, and especially the castle. The castle reminds me of 
Monty Python drawings. Yeah. Because it's it's almost like 2D cell uh, shaded. Mm. Um, and it's like, um, it's almost like you can tell that it's hand drawn. Mm-hmm. And it juxtaposes with the background and it actually makes it look like it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it... It's owned by a magician. It's created through magic. And it has this magical concept to it. Yeah, it's got a very Terry Gilliam vibe to mm. it. Yeah. Um, I really like the performances in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the story. And I was actually just kind of enjoying at times when it is just... I think Sophie is the lead. Yeah. Is the girl. Uh, when Sophie is just kind of just chilling out and cleaning. And you're just kind of seeing like, oh, here's day, the day-to-day life. I was like... I quite like her as a character. She's got like a bit of fight to her because she is a young girl in an old body, basically. Mm. And you get that across. Um, yeah, and I I think there's obviously... The, the war stuff looks great. Like these kind of explosions and stuff like that. The big disappointment, guys, and I know everyone's going to have this if you've been having to watch long, is at the start of this film, we see some planes fly over and it was the perfect time to put a Porco Rosso reference in there. But no, sorry, I mean, Porco it's not Rosso there, could have just turned up as a fighter pilot. At any Imagine point. that that would have been ten out of ten. Okay, <laughs> but no, really liked Howl's Moving Castle. I think it's 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 an enjoyable tale. Yeah, like it's a nice little kind of adventure. It's it's got moments where you kind of it does make you go, mm, what's what's really happening here? Like, mm. uh, right, I think there are elements of Ghibli nonsense. <laughs> Okay. in a lot of these films where there's certain moments in the film where you're just like what's going on it's a bit of nonsense now like my old man's sensibilities come out and I was like what, what, what is this now yeah, this but, is why I've said that we should end this segment but then, because you weren't like any of the others so there's certain films where the Ghibli nonsense is too much like it's too high a quota in the film mm-hmm. in I this that might be next week by the way in this yeah. there's a little bit of it but I also kind of then go, oh, but that's fine. I enjoy it enough. Yeah. Like I'm having, I'm having a good enough time. Like this is, this is up there for me. It's in the upper echelons. See, for me, this is not one of my favorites, and I think I'm in the minority. I like the way it looks. Oh uh, no, I love the way it looks, and I like the performances. Um, it has a little bit of the the. When's it gonna get going about it? Yeah. But when it works, it work, really works, I think. Yeah, okay. And I think that's different to some of the other ones where yeah. when it gets going, I'm like, Porco oh, yeah. It's, Rosso, it's just weird, isn't it? Don't you just smite the name of Porco Rosso. <laughs> um, okay, so your homework for next week, uh, or maybe two weeks, we'll see, is Pompoco. Okay. I've done Ponyo. I'm not going to let you look it up either because it's better if you just don't Pompoco. know. Pompoco. Pompoco. I've never heard of Pompoco. You're going to. What is it? It's a movie. Um, Fine. Also, Do you want to know what it's about? N- n- I don't know. I think it should be a surprise. Yeah, I think it should be a surprise. Um, also, whoever wrote the Guardian article ranking the Ghibli films, have a serious, long, hard look at yourselves. Yeah, Porco how Rosso dare you last. put Tales from Mercy at number eight? No, Porco Rosso is roughly where it needs to be. <laughs> okay. um, guys, homework for um, next week is to watch Porco Rosso again. So we've also got uh, a regular segment of... I don't want your future, Jack Sparrow. Um, I've got something for this that I forgot oh. about because Ooh. I watched it last night. Ooh. But you go first. Um, do you want me to talk about the Raid 2 at all? <laughs> I saw that. I guess so. Um, I saw Raid 2 for the first time ever 
basically. I started watching it once before, um, but once again, like when I watched the Raid, I couldn't get the subtitled version. Um, and I genuinely believe these films work better in their native Indonesian. Um, basically, it's a continuation of the Raid, where it's the lead character from that basically infiltrating a gang to become to kind of take down the dirty cops they're involved with um but it's more just kind of like gareth evans doing more martial arts stuff and being bigger and more bombastic with it i think it's i think the martial arts is where it works best Mm -hmm. like the fight scenes work great um there's really great kind of characterization of the kind of bad guys like they are they're almost like video game baddies and like video game bosses mm. you know hammer girl in this like it's, it's a really great invention for somebody you fight and like baseball bat boy um and if you've seen the films you'll be like oh yeah, yeah that's really cool kind of imagery with them this film falls down though where i just basically found the story just as soon as you stretch that concept like because the first one is so tight mm. it's a bit like what we talked about with john wick but i think it this suffers more for it, mm. which is the first John Wick is so tight. And when you start expanding that universe and exploring it more, you start having cracks appear in the, on the surface. And I think that's what you get with the raid two. that as soon as you start putting this gangster driven story in there, mm-hmm. but actually I don't think it benefits from that. It actually suffers. Um, and I think the story of it is because it's quite a done story. We've seen it a lot. Um, means that you're just kind of end up waiting you know that there's a fight scene coming and you just wait for it mm-hmm. um and there are good moments in it and i think there are some really great performances and some really great touches in there in the story wise but it, you're always just kind of waiting for the next really good fight scene mm-hmm. and it is always really good you know there's a chase scene in this which you there's no way you're getting in the first one and it's yeah. done really well but it is a case of I'm just like just get me there, mm-hmm. just get me there. But I think if you like those kind of movies, like if you like a good martial arts film, then these are really good films to watch. Um, so I'd still recommend it. Okay, good. I'm glad you had another one that you watched last night, fresh off the yeah. <laughs> fresh off the watch list. So I watched this. Right. So. Um, Guys, I find out what it's like when when you're in a relationship and you've both been saying watching Game of Thrones and one of you is out and the other one's like, oh, I'll just watch ahead an episode. And they watch it and then they come home and they find out that you've gone an episode forward and they get really angry with you. I watched Fantasy Island and I didn't realise. We, we, we were going to watch it together. Yeah. Okay? yeah. We were and going the, to. Look, and, and then the when we is, didn't... Look. That I want something that could be Doolittle mm-hmm. for worst of the year, right? When we and didn't everything watch I'd it read up, I was just like, man, this seems perfect. Well, when we didn't watch it together, I was kind of like, oh, I don't think he's that bothered about it anyway. I'll just watch it on my own. Um, so I did. Never have I felt more betrayed. And when I told you today, you looked genuinely crestfallen. And I was like, yeah, because I was like, I'm so sorry. What the fuck, man? I didn't realize. All right, like, talk about so- it. Um, Fantasy Island. You've is, done it now. You may as well talk about it. Is the Blumhouse two timing whore? <laughs> is the Blumhouse and Sony um, venture? Uh, it's a movie that's based on the TV series of the same name. The idea is is that uh, five people come to an island 
and they've all basically sent wishes ahead of them. Of uh, they're, they're picked because of their wishes they want. Yeah. And the idea is the island grants wishes. Um, so you get oh, to live out your fantasy. Yeah. So I want it all is a wish of one of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Great basically song. they have a pool party full of models and like suits, and they get to live like their kind of rich lifestyle. And Which I imagine there might be a twist in the tale. The whole thing plays out as. It's like, oh, you can wish for whatever you want, and there's only a couple of rules, which is you're only allowed one wish, and um, you must live your wish out to the end, to its natural conclusion. Um, But the whole thing is the island is a giant monkey's paw, Mm -hmm. where every wish has a little bit of a wrinkle to it, and Mm -hmm. oh no, what if your wish isn't exactly what you wished for? And who's clutching hold of that Michael Michael Pena (laughs) paw? (laughs) Well, Michael Pena plays Mr. Rourke, who's the kind of owner of Fantasy Island mm. or and his job is basically he must help produce these wishes because mm. by doing so it means he gets something that he wants and if he stops doing it what he wants disappears forever yeah. so he has to keep doing it it's that classic bad guy isn't really bad he's just doing it because he has to and the film has so it's very badly written mm-hmm it's even worsely performed. Okay. Um, it's long for what it is. How long is it? It's two hours. It's too long. But it feels two hours. I haven't even seen it. I'll tell you, that's too long. You get to a point and where... And I'm not going to watch it now because someone watched it without me. You get to a point where things change up, like kind of where they go, okay, so this is what's actually happening. Mm. And at that point, there was still 40 minutes left. And I'm like, oh, what? And then it throws in a second twist. Oh, but was there 20 minutes of where are they now and what did no, they do No, it's not like midway, not unfortunately. Midway. Okay. Um, and then it has a second twist in it, mm-hmm. which is one of the most telegraph twists that you've seen. It was actually fantasy mainland. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this film? Like, uh-huh. it makes no sense. Like, like, it makes sense because there is a story there and I understand mm-hmm. what it's trying to do. Should it be it's a sh- film? It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Is its problem? It's core. It's just stupid. So you think it's a strong contender for Nerve Award for stupidest film of the year? Yeah, because the problem is, Mm -hmm. is the twist in this film Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Okay. Once you know the final twist, Mm. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because I can't even say why not. No. Because I've spoiled a massive thing. Everyone, yeah. Um, Tell me off pot. Anybody who's watched Fantasy Island, message yeah. me, mm. because I want to be sure that I'm right in saying that the final... So there's two twists. Mm-hmm. The final twist, the one that happens like 10 minutes before the end, mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Okay. And for that reason, mm-hmm. I recommend it to anyone who wants to try and work that out. Okay. I don't recommend it to everyone. <laughs> so it's, the thing is... The thing is... The two recommendations, the two ratings you've technically given it are would recommend, but only for that specific purpose, and would not recommend. It I wouldn't recommend it. It's it's, it's genuinely. But the, what if people want? No, to, don't even bother. No, okay. no, trust me, it's not worth it. Um, oh, it, what if you've? Uh, here's a scenario. What if you've been betrayed by a long-time friend and they've watched it without you, and you feel like you might want to watch it? <laughs> I recommend, but now I, you realise I recommend don't it for watch that it. person because I think they. I'm need not going to fucking watch this movie. They need to vengeance watch it. No, I'm not going to watch um, it. It's, I'm it, going to make you watch Doolittle instead. It's probably the stupidest film I've seen this year. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if Doolittle. Doolittle is not stupid. It's just well, it's stupid that they made it. So Doolittle, mm. interestingly, I know somebody who watched it with their kid. Yeah. 
um, and their kid absolutely adored it. Yeah, because it's a film um, for babies. But he said that the film was better for them because of kind of watching it with that child's hmm. kind of attention with it. Does that person listen to this podcast? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say what I was going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you've got something for I don't want your future. I, got, I really want to say it, but I won't say it. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't want your future. Jurassic Park 3. Right, I watched this last night. Why did you watch this? Why? Mm. I, because I, I needed something to send me to sleep. Anyway, so Jurassic Park 3, right? I remember seeing in 1999 when it came mm-hmm. out, or maybe 2000. 1999, I think, is... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not important. What is important is, obviously, Sam Neill came back to the project. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Alan Grant's got to go back to the island because of reasons. Now, look, here's a couple of things that I really didn't like about it. I'm ready for the hottest of takes. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so it's widely acknowledged that the, the sequels to Jurassic Park were not well-loved. Jurassic Park The Lost World is great. It wasn't well-loved, though. This is the thing. I loved it. Yes, yeah. Goldblum, Goldblum aside, though, like... There are holes of what I what I love about in that in that film is like. people know that um, I really like Jeff Goldblum, right? Uh, yeah. So last night I was on a video. Call. Oh, so you watch? Sorry, I'm just gonna say, you know, you really like Jeff Goldblum and stuff, yeah. right? And you're there, like, oh well, I I felt like I had to watch it because it's there to be watched, so it may as well get watched about Fantasy Island. And yet, yeah, yeah, you haven't seen The Fly. <laughs> I See, like, I've seen The Fly. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, long, long time ago, but I saw. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather you rewatch that than watch um, something without me. What I was gonna say is the last. There night. are films on your DVD show. Did you ever watch Fury? By the way, yeah, yeah, I watched it with my dad. Okay, it um, took you five years though, right? Review Fury, really enjoyed it. Okay, um, but what I was gonna say is, so I was on a video call last night. Um, it was playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like the cool kids we are, and we were waiting for somebody to come on the call uh-huh. and. Uh, Mark, who used to be on this podcast, his sister's on there. Um, and she goes, oh, by the way, um, I know you love Jeff Goldblum. Just to let you know, he's on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race and you should watch it because he's the most precious thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I never believed it until then. And I was like, it's great that people just know. If Goldblum's on something, just tell Andy about it. He'll probably You could watch have watched it. that episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Have that would have been it? half the... That episode? No. I've never seen it. Like, any of them. I've seen some of it. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, what do you want from me? I don't know. Anyway, Jurassic Park three, right? Oh yeah, this (laughs) right. So here's the thing. Lost World was great. Here's the thing: is that I had also rewatched Jurassic Park the first earlier in the week. Mm Maybe Fantasy Island was a vengeance watch because you watched Jurassic Park without me. I was really (laughs) upset when I came down and saw you watching that. All right, well, shame on you for sleeping in. Tired little boy all the time, guys. It was like an hour 55 into the film when you came downstairs and you were like, you could have waited. It's like, yeah, I could have. I didn't know what time you were going to fucking surface. Like, the time that you came down, I think, was when the raptors got eaten by the T-Rex. It was. Like, if I was down, like, ten minutes later. Didn't bother waiting for me then. Yeah, you wouldn't have known. I would never have known you'd watch it. You would have seen Phil Tippett's name in the credits and you'd have gone, oh, you watched it without me. Anyway, so... Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic Park 3, right. Okay, so here's a problem that I had with Jurassic Park the first as well when mm-hmm. I rewatched it, is that the practical effects were still great. The actual animatronic dinosaurs still yes. great. The CGI, with today's eyes, obviously, just no, not quite there. Mm-hmm. And you know the initial bit where 
the brachiosaurus here and he's looking up and he's like it's a real dinosaur yeah that looks bad I, I, think. I think it still holds up for what it is I think well, I think it holds up in terms of if you're saying it's a 30 year old movie mm-hmm. nearly yeah okay it holds up in that regard but like looking at it with today's eyes I'm like <laughs> unfortunately Jurassic Park 3 is way more of <laughs> and way less of oh this is a good animatronic like the animatronics are still good yeah but there's way more CGI nonsense in it where I'm just like, this looks bad. This just looks real bad. And Tia Leone, right, mm-hmm. is in this film for one reason only, to scream. And uh, she screams a lot, doesn't she? The thing is, it's almost like we, we had a period where we were like, oh, well, we don't have to make our characters engaging if we make them loud. <laughs> <laughs> she's a like that's not a great character and I look it's a difficult role to play because your son's lost on a dinosaur island and you've broken up with William H. Macy but you pretend to be back together for the purposes of getting Alan Grant to take you to an island fine also <laughs> definitely kidnapping like no one should be ha- he shouldn't forgive them at the end also did not like uh, again did not like the fact <laughs> that the guy survives you know I mean, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old film at this point. You know the research assistant he oh, takes yeah, with yeah, him, should right? Die. Yeah, who? Should Die. Oh, I thought you, I thought yeah, you said his name is Sugar Guy. His and name, like, his name is Mr. Should Die. Yeah, okay, so he... Yeah, at that point, it's just like, well, you took the raptor eggs, you deserve mm-hmm. it, you fucking piece of shit. Exactly. And, He's basically the equivalent of the lawyer on the toilet. Yeah, and then... Although, really, should the lawyer on the toilet have died, like... But the problem is is that at the end of the film, when you get on the helicopter and it's like, hey, is this one with you? It's just like, oh, for God's sake, you don't have the courage to kill him. <laughs> the only people you kill are the three chumps who help out... Um, the Expendables. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Look, it's a bad Sylvester movie. Sylvester Stallone, and Dolph Lundgren, and Jason Statham. Um, would not recommend one out of five. The hottest of takes right there. Half of a half of a claw, <laughs> half of a dinosaur claw out of a, a flock of. Seagulls. I remember being so upset. Like, I remember I went to cinema to watch Jurassic The end is bad, by the way. You know when the things are flying away from the island. It's like, <laughs> well, they're just trying to find a new nest. So brand, it's a whole new world out there for them. It's like a whole new world starts playing in the background. <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, bad movie. Didn't like it. Yeah, one I saw it in the one cinema, out of five. And I remember being. Devastated when the Spinosaurus killed the T Rex. Yeah, like devastated. Yeah. Well, some of us, some of us were Spino heads from the beginning. You know, <laughs> uh, Spinosaurus looks terrible. How do they not? Re- like, okay, so you know the bit with the phone. Yeah. And it's in his tummy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, classic, classic band Spinosaurus there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the thing: is that how? Like so, they run towards the noise of the phone, mm-hmm. run past the Spinosaurus. Clearly, when they see the the humans, yeah, uh, William H Macy's, and they they get there and then they have their reunion, and then like it rings again, and the dinosaur is just standing like twenty feet behind them, <laughs> and you're like, someone would have seen. Isn't he just standing like with his mouth open as well? It's, it's standing there like this, yeah, almost as though it's kind of like. Open it in his mouth so he can really get the sound out there. Um, so that doesn't make any sense because someone would have noticed. It's a big dinosaur. <laughs> bad film, still as bad as I remember. 
maybe it was good at the time. I don't no. know. No, no I think it, maybe at the no, time. It wasn't. Maybe at the time you were like, oh, anything with dinosaurs is still like dinosaurs is still dinosaurs. They killed my T Rex, man. It's always gonna upset me. Oh, fucking weirdo. All right, come on, tell me about extraction. <laughs> You've got a review. Okay, so extraction yeah. is the new Chris Hemsworth vehicle mm. um, on Netflix. It was produced by the Russo brothers, and it's kind of like written by one. Yes, written by one. Sorry, I took my mic away <laughs> and then tried to add something. Written by Joe Russo. Yes, I guess Joe. I don't know the name of the director. Okay. Do you? I would do if I didn't have a drink in my other hand. <laughs> you um, timed this terribly. The director is like a stunt coordinator or stuntman who worked on like Infinity War and all that kind of stuff with them. Um, this is basically his first big big film. Story is basically um, the son of a drug dealer or drug lord is kidnapped mm-hmm. um, by a kind of rival gang. And Chris Hemsworth's character is basically sent in there as a professional in this field to go and... Is it Sam Hargreaves? Sam Hargrave. Uh, so close. Also, Tyler Rake is uh, Hemsworth's name. Okay, well, Tyler Rake is sent in That's a good name. Robert Would action, recommend, just for Robert the name. action name. Um, he's basically sent in as an expert in this field to go get the kid and bring him to a meeting point. It's all set within Bangladesh. Um... And it uses that kind of... You get a real feel for the city, or for the country, and the kind of area in this film. Um, It's one of those films that you can tell is directed by a stuntman, because the action scenes work. Like, they're framed well. Um, There's a lot of good hand-to-hand stuff, a lot of good firearms stuff. And... There's a, there's a really good fight scene in there. Yeah, I won't say anymore. Actually, like there's there's some really good fight <laughs> scenes in there that um that work and it's it's done very well. That you can tell somebody who's got an understanding of performing that stuff has put this together. The parts where it falls down once again is the a the script isn't great. Yeah, the performances are all kind of those, these are as they are needed performances. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that stands out and goes, oh, that's a great performance. It's good enough to get the job done. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Hemsworth in this, and I think he does his part well, because he is just, he's, I think one of the things I really warmed to was the fact that he's put his Australian accent on, Mm -hmm. um, and he sounds like he is an Australian man. Mm Mm-hmm. It would, it would help that he is. Yeah, well, it's, it's just simple things like he'll turn around to, like he turns around to this kid and he's like, um, "Oh, I'll be back in a second, mate." And I was like, "It just it flows. His bits flow well, almost mm-hmm. like kind of like in the slangy kind of stuff that he uses, kind of works." And I believed he's a real person. Mm. Um, there's one great scene in this where Chris Hemsworth fights a group of children. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene in the whole film, and would recommend it purely for that. Um, but yeah, it's one of those where it's like you go, I get that there are bits in this that are really good, and it's getting a really good reception. Like, yeah, I've seen a lot of people really enjoy this, and I think it's very good. Turn your mind off action. Okay. Um, like every so often, I know I look for a film where I'm like, oh, I just want something in the background that I can kind of just watch 
but not really have to pay much attention to. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And this is that kind of film. It's fine enough at what it's trying to do. It is what it is, and it's and it's fine. Um, like it's smack down, bang in the middle. Um, it's nothing new, mm-hmm. nothing special, but it's not bad. And I think that's the main thing. Like it's not a bad film. Um, it's it's a little bit like. So I think I saw your brother tweet something out about this because he said he saw this and 21 Bridges and Tunnels okay. as we know the film's called and saying the Russo's post-Avengers output he was disappointed in. Mm. And I am I get what he means by that because both those films for me are just fine. Yeah. Um, and it does make me go oh actually is it going to be hard for them to kind of live up to what they've put in place from those movies. Now, I'm very, very interested to see what is it Cherry looks like, which is the Tom Holland film. Yes, they've got coming out because um, that's the one that they've probably got the most hands on, if I remember rightly. I think they're actually directing that one. I think they are directing, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that looks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for this, it was very much a case of if you are a fan of action movies you will get something out of this. There are moments that will give you a kick. Um, there are some very stupid moments as well where you kind of go, oh, yeah, cool, fine. Mm. Um, but overall, it's a fun enough ride. Yeah. And they're, the side characters are fine. Um, there's one that I like more than the others, um, mm. played by David Harbour, who I think adds, he comes in at the right time in the film to add a little bit of ink to it. Um but apart from that, it is fine. It's it's an absolute that'll do pig. Like it's straight down the middle mm-hmm. of I could I could watch this again if you asked me to, but I'm not gonna rush to sort of thing. Okay. So yeah, it's an absolute that'll do pig. But it's you know, I think this the sequel potential maybe. Or maybe not. It all depends kind of how this does, I think. I feel like they've never cared about sequels to their movies. No. They're big on, you know, banging out a second series of a of a TV thing. But I don't think they've ever been, like, overly concerned with, like, oh, what's the bankability of this as a series? We'll be interesting movies. just to see whether... Because Netflix might want another one. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting if you did this in a different place. No, that's what I mean by Netflix have never seemed overly oh, concerned okay. with... Ter- like, that's, you know, all of their series stuff, they just turn it around really quickly. Well, the thing is, the interesting thing is that I think the character of Tyler um, is performed well enough that you could take this character and go, let's just look at this. Let's have a look at like him in a different place Mm -hmm. doing another job. Because I've already seen people like mock up, oh, him versus John Wick, like as a thing of like him being that kind of hero. John Wick would kill him every single time. I'm sorry, guys. Like, he'd be destroyed. But he's he's that kind of hero where you go, okay, is he interesting enough that I could watch another film with him? Yes, probably. But who would win in a race, The Flash or Superman? John Wick still. <laughs> he stabs them both on the starting line. He'd be smart enough to have a kryptonite. Atomic knife Blonde him. wins every time. <laughs> who? Atomic Blonde. <laughs> you remember that? Still a film? I thought you said Atomic Blum. Like Jason Blum? Yeah, Atomic Blum. Him with a <laughs> him with an atomic bomb in his belly. 
Oh, I'm going to explode. Um, but yeah, do we have anything else to talk about? Or nope. Be done? Yep. Thank you guys for joining us as ever. I would argue I was done shortly after I did the trailer park jingle. <laughs> I'd say you were done at the point where you yawn. <laughs> that was like three minutes in. Man, this was not the quick episode I ever yeah, said it was going to be. You said it was going to be seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I changed it to 14, but I think I yawned before seven. So um, that shows when I should have ended the episode. <laughs> thank you guys as ever for joining us. Um, yeah, you're you the f- best. You Without you, us. we're nothing. You know what? I'm gr- this time. This time, I'm just going to do. I'm going to do the wrap up in hashtags. If you, if you will uh, allow me this indulgence, I don't sir. think I should, but I think you're going to do it anyway. I think you should. Otherwise, I'll fall asleep. Okay, so I am hashtag blessed to announce that you can find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and t- Twitter. Mm-hmm. All of those dinosaur man. Or Dinosaur Man podcast. Yep. Apart from Twitter, where we're at Dinosaur Man 15. Hashtag stay blessed. <laughs> the music was hashtag so nice. And Johnny Neves did it. And you have been hashtag the host with the most. Andy Hughes. <laughs> Say thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And hashtag, you know what, bloody swipe up. What? We're bringing that back. We're bringing swipe up back. Swipe up for more. No, hang on. Surely swipe up. Yeah, if you swipe up on your phone now, that will take you down to the next one, which is last week's episode. Yes. Listen to that. Go back. If you're in lockdown, you've got time on your hands. You can go all the way back, dare I say it, to the hashtag sidecasts. Oh, no. Don't get that far. Listen to them. And then realise this lockdown ain't shit compared to what I had to go through. Um, as always, guys, stay safe, stay indoors, and you know what? Stay cool. Dinosaur. Dinosaur.